0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Charlie Robinson on
1: today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
0: Runs of Denver, Colorado. My name is Charlie. You can connect with me directly. Charlie Robinson at TNT radio live. Or you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions or my website, the octopus of global Control.com. But let's start off with headlines for December 14th, 2023. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu plans no whites holiday party for counselors. Aid accidentally sent group email invite meant only for electeds of color. That's from the Daily Mail. (laughs) Wow, segregated parties? What century is this? What a trip, especially in Boston, of all places. This is the way that cultural Marxism winds up taking hold. It's very, slowly and then all at once. Oh, man. Well, you might want to make other plans if you're in the Boston area and happen to be of a certain skin color. Also, Tesla's humanoid robot is now 30% faster and 22 pounds lighter uh yeah this feels like the beginning of a black mirror episode unfortunately uh the fourth industrial revolution that these lunatics at the world economic forum are talking about involves the blending of man with machine into something else but hey don't worry it dances and it does squats you know just like you and me don't be worried over the robot dogs uh keeping with the dystopian theme pentagon seeks emp weapon to eliminate drone swarms what could possibly go wrong with that huh uh what's worse the emp weapon or swarms of artificial intelligence controlled drones i don't know maybe it's a tie unfortunately and finally the trailer for the movie civil war hit the internet and it is really creating a ton of buzz have you seen it yet you should probably go check it out the movie is set to be released in the spring of 2024. It's directed by Alex Garland, who previously wrote Ex Machina and 28 Days Later, both uh, feel-good movies, and it looks wild. It's sort of like a new Red Dawn. Um, also feels, you know, if I'm being honest, a little bit like some predictive programming out there. I mean, I know I've been listening to Tim Pool talk about Civil War for quite a while now. I didn't think that it was on this, on the calendar. But maybe it is. It talks about things such as 19 states seceding. It talks about a uh, 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 Texas and California becoming the new dominant players in this broken apart United States it talks about uh you know there's definitely a a predictive component to the collapse narrative that's going on and they talk about an economic collapse in the movie it also does some interesting things it shows the Lincoln Memorial being destroyed and that's sort of symbolic I think when you talk about Civil War when you've got uh, Lincoln there and having his uh his memorial being evaporated. Uh, And also it starts to do some very interesting things like normalizing American troops shooting other Americans, which gives me a really bad feeling about this. Of course, I think that we, if we're being honest, that would probably be the role of the blue helmets from the United Nations that would be coming in with their uh, partners in NATO. But it makes me think that some of this isn't just Science fiction for the sake of making an interesting movie, but also um, maybe just sort of planting the seeds in the minds of the viewers that it is possible that we could live in a country here in the United States that is no longer united. And the tagline for the movie is all empires fall, ironic uh, considering I wrote a book called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. Not that I meant that to be some sort of blueprint for this sort of thing, just more of an indictment of the current scenarios and where we're headed. But uh, it it shows during this film, journalists being shot in the Capitol, <laughs> which is not a good thing considering we're all journalists here. so. Uh, I worry about this. You see Nick Offerman and Kristen Dunst as uh, very well-known actors and actresses playing these lead roles, and it starts you thinking about what if this isn't all just some fictional movie, but it's uh, maybe a template for where we're going. Something to think, you know, something for us to think about. Give it a look. Civil War, baby. Hey, I don't know. Uh, I think I'll pass on this one. At TNT Radio, we never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live, 24-7, online, globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Delivering the facts. source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio,
2: TNT. TNT
0: a congressional inquiry has revealed that the largest pharmacy chains in the United States have been handing over patients' prescription records to law enforcement upon request without even requiring a warrant. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Uh Uh-oh, I got a bad feeling about this one, Ruckus. What have you discovered here?
1: This is a really fascinating, uh, frightening uh, revelation, as it were. I mean, (laughs) What this spells for um, medical freedom, privacy and all that stuff, um, it goes without saying Uh, it certainly does raise grave privacy concerns, particularly as it's being framed uh, because it is Democrats who are blowing the whistle on this in light of abortion rights. So that's how and why we're even talking about this, which is great. Uh, Because nobody's privacy needs to be invaded upon. Uh, But yes, apparently all of the big pharmacy chains in the United States have handed over uh, sensitive medical records to law enforcement and other government officials without a warrant. Some will do so apparently even without running the requests by a legal professional such as a lawyer. Uh, this is thanks to this uh congressional inquiry uh the revelation um is no bueno as i mentioned um even if people in states with restrictive laws who cross state lines for for care when it comes to reproductive health pharmacists in massive chains such as CVS can access records across borders so lawmakers are the ones as i mentioned democratic ones are the ones who are upset about this they noted that the pharmacy's policies for releasing medical records They noted this in a letter uh, this week on Tuesday to the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra. This was uh, written by Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, Representatives Pramala J. Paul, uh, Democrat for Washington, and Representative Sarah Jacobs, Democrat from California. Uh, In this letter, they said their investigation pulled information from briefings with eight big prescription drug suppliers. They include household names, Charlie, seven Uh, In there are the seven largest pharmacy chains in the country, CVS Health, Walgreens Boots Alliance, Cigna, Optum Rx, Walmart Stores Incorporated, the Kroger Company, and Rite Aid Corporation. Uh, The lawmakers also spoke with the pharmacy for Amazon. Um, That's right, Amazon has a pharmacy as well. All eight of the pharmacies said they do not require law enforcement to produce, show, or even have, bother with a warrant at all prior to sharing private and sensitive medical records, which can include the prescription drugs a person used or uses and their medical conditions. This is all technically illegal from what I understand. Uh, Instead, all of the pharmacies hand over such information with nothing more than a simple little subpoena, which can, of course, be issued by government agencies and does not require review or approval by a judge. Three pharmacies, CVS Health, the Kroger Company, and Rite Aid Corporation told lawmakers they didn't even require their pharmacy staff to consult legal professionals before responding to the law enforcement requests at the pharmacy counters. According to the lawmakers, CVS, Kroger, and Rite Aid said that, quote, their pharmacy staff face extreme pressure to immediately respond to law enforcement demands, and as such, the companies instruct their staff to process those requests in store, end quote. The rest of the pharmacies, Amazon, Cigna, OptumRx, Walmart, and Walgreens, at least require that law enforcement requests be reviewed by legal professionals before pharmacists respond. But only Amazon, of all of them, uh, said it actually has a policy of notifying customers of law enforcement demands for pharmacy records, unless there were legal prohibitions to doing so, such as a gag order. Uh, The lawmakers note that the pharmacies are not violating regulations under the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA, 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 I don't even know how to say that, Um, HIPAA, I guess, there you go. The pharmacies pointed to language in HIPAA regulations that allow healthcare providers, including pharmacists, to provide medical records if required by law, with subpoenas being a sufficient legal process for such a request. However, the lawmakers note that the HHS has discretion in determining the legal standard here. That is, it has the power to strengthen the regulation to require a warrant, which the lawmakers say it should do. Uh, The three lawmakers wrote, quote, we urge HHS to consider further strengthening its HIPAA regulations to more closely align them with Americans' reasonable expectations of privacy and constitutional principles, end quote. They also pushed for pharmacies to do better, encouraging them to follow the lead of (laughs) tech companies laughing here uh quote pharmacies can and should insist on a warrant and invite law enforcement agencies that insist on demanding patient rep- medical records with a with solely a subpoena to go to court to enforce that demand the requirement for a warrant is exactly the approach taken by tech companies to protect customer privacy and quote the trio noted that google microsoft and yahoo have since 2010 required law enforcement to have a warrant to obtain customers emails uh, that would imply that they didn't do that before then uh, also noting tech companies lead the lawmakers encouraged pharmacies to publish annual transparency reports Aha, uh-huh. charlie do you think we're ever going to see something considered transparency coming from anything related to the drug industry call me skeptical but what do you think about this story
0: well, this is terrifying, of course. This is a slippery slope. I mean, what what's to say that they they couldn't just take the medical records of every American and uh and feed them into a giant database, see who's on psychiatric drugs, pair that with some sort of gun registry, uh make this part of a database, tie this into a social credit score. We've already seen the relationship between the FBI and Twitter. Um, you know, the the if the feds are compiling this information, they're doing so for a reason. And, and, and it, it seems like the only good reason is for it to be used against us at a time of their choosing. So this is terrifying to me. Um, you would think that the HIPAA laws would protect it, but I guess we would, we would be wrong, right? I it just, it, it seems that the barrier to entry for, for getting the medical records is just a, a, a subpoena. I can't, um, isn't not isn't this doesn't this go back to that old adage that they could they could subpoena a ham sandwich? <laughs> I mean, is this is indict a ham sandwich. This is this seems like along the same lines of uh, this. As soon as they create some sort of justification, be it real or one imagined, for these purposes, they could dig into your medical history, and that to me feels like massive government overreach. But I, I don't know that the government coming in to fix. The government is going to get us where we need to be. How do you feel
1: about this? Oh, I agree 100%. Like I, you know, I was alluding to, you we're talking about we were only hearing about this because it's serving some sort of political agenda for the left right now in this abortion fight argument. So otherwise, I bet you we wouldn't even hear about this ever. This would be like mum's the word. No one would even know. You know what I mean? So how how horrifying how many other instances of this type of government overreach are we unaware of until it gets exposed? You know, so uh, this is why I'm a big fan of investigative journalism. Uh, So all you investigative journalists, keep up the good work. Uh, Let's discover more shocking things like this and then hopefully fix the problems uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a bigger concern, technically, than just whether or not the government knows whether or not you might be uh, into abortions. Oh, come on, please. There's much bigger fish to fry here with this one, Charlie.
0: Yeah, it seems like I could envision a scenario in which you're going through a divorce and your uh you know your spouse's attorney decides to pull the records however they can on your medical history and show that you're on psychiatrics and paint you as unfit to uh, have custody of children or uh, have this go against you in some other nefarious way it seems like this is the sort of information that is personal for a reason. It is about who you are at your core and the idea of sharing this. And, and also it, it it shows listen, it shows some of where your where your flaws are. It shows if you're you I mean how much longer before they they pull the the files on you and realize that you're a diabetic and then start to uh feed that information to your health insurance company who analyzes the your recent store purchases and finds you've been buying too many Snickers and then drops you right I mean this is this this is this sounds insane at at this moment but of course we understand how these things play out over time and we could get ourselves into a scenario where uh Your information about your own personal medical history is just one click away. If law enforcement wants to get it, I'm I'm very terrified about this. This is this is a bad place to be.
1: It is indeed. And what's even scarier, Charlie, as I was thinking about this, because they brought up big tech, technically, Facebook and Twitter and Google and all those algorithm uh, wizards out there. They know you have diabetes without having to dig up your medical records. Just saying.
3: Yeah,
0: that's true. Thanks, Ruckus. We'll catch you tomorrow. We appreciate it. Hey, we've got uh, Brad Binkley second half of the hour from the propaganda report and the great Sean Atwood. After the break, this is TNT Radio.
2: TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. number that comes just three years after we left the European Union now I didn't vote for brexit and because of immigration I voted because of democracy but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
0: The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. (laughs) No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not far right. Just right. So far. Thelightpaper.co.uk. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: Today's news talk.
4: News and information. TNT Radio.
0: We're back with the Charlie Robinson show. Our first guest is the host of the true crime podcast. He is the author of many, many books. You can check him out over on YouTube. Sean Atwood official. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Atwood is joining us. Hey,
3: Sean. Good to see you again. How are you? <laughs> Excellent, Charlie. How hard can we slam the satanic death cult on this uh platform? <laughs> oh, we can go pretty hard. Yeah. They'll let us they'll let <laughs> us talk about uh, about
0: just just about everything, as long as it's anchored uh-huh. in truth and reality. So uh we can't go making up things, but you and I don't do that, and you've written plenty of books talking <laughs> about some very real things that have been going on, and I'm curious. Uh yeah, there that is the a new behind one. You. Oh, the Jimmy Savile just came book. out
3: last week yep, untouchable oh, yeah untouchable Jimmy Savile just came out last week yeah
0: oh well <laughs> can we let's talk let's start there then because um okay. in the UK I've noticed that there's been a little bit of a problem with old Meghan and Harry um a, a book has come out by Omid Scoby and the the response by the royal family was not exactly great Um, where are we with the the current state of things with the, uh, with the family there? Because it seems like Harry and Meghan have been thrown out and probably, you know, rightfully so, but, but, um, but the establishment remains and, And we've got Andrew. He's been in the news recently. It's not great. We've got little King Vienna sausage fingers. He's been in the news recently talking about climate change again. And I'm wondering where we stand right now with the current state of things in your political system.
3: Good grief. There's a lot to cover there, Charlie. So Prince (laughs) Andrew, the ebophile, according to Lady Colin Campbell, not pedophile, ebophile, charles now he has the reins has been trying to bring that cockroach back out of the darkness into the light but the british public aren't having it the epstein case the coverage has not gone away we've seen various stories this year come out that have gone viral that i'm not allowed to cover on the the mainstream platforms um but for charles to think he can just reel this guy out again after this massive settlement that was made with Virginia Roberts is absolutely preposterous. Now you mentioned Meghan, So I interviewed Samantha Markle earlier in the year and recently we've had Thomas Markle on junior quite a few times on the channel. I had a chat with him the other night, actually, uh, Samantha early in the year told me that one of the reasons they weren't invited to the Royal wedding was because the truth would have come out about Megan's history and all the stories would have come from the family. So it seems that Harry now is pretty much redundant. We're wondering what's gonna happen next. Is Meghan only gonna be satisfied when she is a billionaire president of America? That's what her own sister said. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Good luck with that. She's uh they're they're currently losing out in in the Netflix ratings to Peppa Pig. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I just saw that their 100 million dollar deal has resulted in uh 62 million hours which, of viewing, which means 1 million people watching an entire episode. For comparison's sake, Peppa Pig was getting about seventy million per season, and that show has been on. Now you're new to fatherhood, and you, but you're, but you're, but I don't know if you're new to Peppa Pig, but you're you're about to get some in the next couple of years. You're going to, uh, you're going to understand the meaning of of that. Is this this cannot be good for for the royal? I mean, th- this is. This is a disgrace to to go to Hollywood with so much energy and so much clout and everything lined up for you and Hollywood Studios, like Netflix falling all over themselves. You've got CAA ready to sign them uh, immediately and they come out of the gate and it's just nothing. It's the Spotify podcast falls flat on its face. They did 12 episodes. They didn't even bother to record the interviews with the person that they were interviewing. They recorded them separately with her voice interviewing them, you know, reading out the question and then stitching it together. I mean, this is, but it Is that not just the perfect encapsulation of who these people are, just a bunch of big phonies?
3: (laughs) I'll get to that, just a quick aside. So a three-month-old baby Ziggy has been turning his nose up at Peppa Pig, and I'm spending half my life these days watching the Teletubbies with him. So um, (laughs) in, in, in terms of Megan then, I mean, we've got to ask ourselves, what is talent? You know, when you think of talent, you think of someone like Marlon Brando in The Godfather, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. You don't think of Meghan Markle's acting career. Now, she you've got to give her credit for becoming the most famous woman in the world. I mean, if you go on Twitter every single day, she is trending. They've got this thing now on YouTube where it's suggesting what videos you do next. It's telling you. On the analytics dashboard. It's called the research tab, and I clicked it yesterday, and they all had Meghan Markle in the title. Her sister said she is Megan is a narcissist, and her objective has been achieved, but now Harry is pretty much redundant, so that she would be looking on to move on to an even bigger prize. And she insulted all of our intelligence. You know when she said that she'd never Googled the royal family. We had a guest on the other night that found something that Meghan wrote in twenty thirteen, talking about the royal family. So <laughs> phony indeed, Charlie.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's not surprising though. I think the whole the whole royal family seems like a gigantic facade. We've seen nothing but. Uh, uh lies and and half truths from them over the years and um and 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 i and i, I would suggest listen it's tough if you're megan um not that i'm trying to give her any sort of uh, outs here but i mean you you when you follow in the footsteps of princess diana in a way you 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 will find that anything in comparison to her will be looked upon uh, unfavorably i mean diana is still regard i went to the 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 Di- princess diana museum the last time i was in las vegas a couple of months ago and and walked through that entire um that entire display that they had put up in in at the at the casinos and it was amazing to see what had gone on, and it took me back to a time before I knew all of the dirt about the royal family, when you could just sort of admire the pageantry of it all, like my mom does, you know. And but to to then learn some of the darker secrets about the the royals and Mountbatten and Charles and their history and, and back to World War II, really paints that family in a in a in a different light than. Uh, but but you've done a lot of uh, exposing of their you know, what was the most surprising component of of the royal family that you've discovered in your 10 years plus of writing books?
3: Well, when we interviewed Andrew Lowney, who's a heavyweight literary agent and an author, and he told us about his quest to expose the crimes of Lord Mountbatten, the paedophilia, and the hurdles that had come up to block him from doing that. And in the Savile book that we just got published, Untouchable. I've written a whole chapter on this because it was Lord Mountbatten who brought Savile into the royal fold. The official mainstream narrative is that it was Savile's charity work that brought Savile on the radar and in in the good graces of Charles, Diana, etc. But actually, it was Lord Mountbatten. Now, you know, Lord Mountbatten was blown up on a boat in Ireland. And there's a theory that it was because of the monstrous activities that were occurring at Kinkora Boys' Home. There's a theory that he was involved in that, as just say, allegedly. um, And that's why he met his untimely demise. But once Savile was in that upper echelon of the royals, he was, you know, swanning in and out of Buckingham Palace and ex london met cop john wedu be a fascinating guy for you to speak to charlie he told us that savile has been portrayed as a lone wolf in the netflix program british horror story in the reckoning that we recently saw on the bbc here but actually savile was procuring kids for the elites and there was a story of savile's nephew who'd run away to london And he arrived at a station. The station back then was like a pickup point for the pedophiles. And he got taken to some house where kids were getting procured and his own uncle, Jimmy Savile showed up and he thought his uncle, Jimmy Savile had tracked him down, but that wasn't the case. You know, Jimmy was surprised to see him. So he thought he was busted by his uncle, but it was actually the other way around. And while this kid stayed on the run in these houses, Savile obviously put some kind of word in that he wouldn't be molested. But he saw just wealthy people coming and going, the kid, um, taking kids to be sexually abused. Oh so, you know, and that, that's that, that's an insight from one of Saville's own family members who's, who's gone on the record to say that. So, you know, it, it really was covered up until he died and mark williams thomas who we interviewed they were pushing when they found out that victims were coming forward they were pushing for the bbc to do something about it and it absolutely got suppressed the bbc did not want to know wow and surprise surprise over. it got it got pushed over to another uh, network and that's when the floodgate opened We'll so, be, we'll be back with Sean Atwood on the other end of this news break. This is TNT Radio.
4: Now's a good time to break the big news. TNT Radio
2: News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. On Wednesday, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a resolution to officially commence an impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden, with a vote concluding a 221 in favor and 212 against. Tropical cyclone Jasper, which recently hit the Queensland coast, has weakened to a tropical low but not before necessitating rescue operations for individuals caught in rising floodwaters
1: on air and on the app. I
0: listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen. Therefore I know today's
2: news talk radio TNT.
0: We're back with Sean Atwood, uh, Sean, whether it's, uh, Prince, uh, Philip or Prince, Andrew or somebody in the high ranking uh, positions of power inside the UK government or in the case of America, inside the American government, like Hunter Biden, it seems that the scales of justice are set to a different calibration. I saw that you had Ryan Christian and Ricky Verandas on yesterday talking about Hunter Biden's legal troubles. Um, What do we make of this? Because this is a guy that's looking at if it listen, if this were Hunter Atwood or Hunter Robinson, this guy would be in custody already and would be looking at a very, very long time in prison. Uh, Something tells me that's probably not going to be the case, but what is your take on where Hunter Biden is going to wind up over the next couple of years?
3: So with Roger Clinton, when he got busted for buying cocaine off an undercover cop, the undercover cop knew if he didn't take it to the media immediately, it would be completely contained and covered up and shut down. So he took it, he exposed it right away, and Roger Clinton did end up going to prison but getting a pardon from Bill. Now, the fact that it's got as far as it has in the media leads me to fall back on something that David Icke told me years ago, the fact that, you know, the Saint hunters facing all this time and stuff. David Icke said that the presidents, when they come in, you know, it's with gusto, they promise this and that, and they get this massive popular vote, And then once the invisible hand has utilized that crime family such as the bush crime family or the clinton crime family once the agenda is in place and there's a backlash against it because it does go against what the promises were made for the people to get the votes in then the person is often sacrificed um and it seems to me like the tide has definitely turned for the biden crime family that's what i'm reading into these news headlines about hunter
0: yeah well it also painted the media in a really bad light as well because you have the laptop situation that was basically just delivered to them you have the 51 intelligence agents that uh, that said oh this is just an October surprise there's nothing to it and we watched the media just just blindly regurgitate whatever they were told Is the media going to take any sort of hit for this as well? Because, I mean, this is not really brand new breaking news to say that Hunter Biden is a criminal who's been up to nefarious things. We have been screaming about this for years and years and years, and the media has run cover. Is this the time where the media, even the media, will jettison their love and support for Hunter Biden? All
3: right, so there's a period of time when the media is blocked by the invisible hand from reporting on a subject. So we saw people getting terminated for talking about Hunter's laptop X amount of months, years ago. Now, the fact that they're allowing it to be reported on means that the invisible hand has used Hunter and his family to obtain their objective, and it doesn't matter anymore to the invisible hand What happens to Hunter Biden? But because he's the president's son, it's highly unlikely he's ever going to see a day in prison and he's going to end up on a guard with the neo-Nazi Aryan Brotherhood prison gang dropping the soap in the shower. I don't see that as a realistic scenario. So the Invisible Hand now has moved on to its next agenda, whatever that may be, and it's utilizing other puppets, politicians to put that in place.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like the timing is bad for hunter on this one he should have had this case happen to him maybe when it was first described you know when it was first brought to light several years ago as it stands now like as you say his dad feels disposable as president as well and if your dad is disposable and he's the protection racket that is keeping hunter out of prison well then Maybe, in the order of saving face that uh, the system decides, well, let's let's show the people that every now and then one of these guys actually does get thrown in the can. Do you think that's something that may actually await him, or will there be some obscure legal wrangling at the last minute that sees this guy uh, walk out the back door?
3: All right. Let's draw parallels with Roger Clinton again then, because, you know, the Governor bill was enforcing, supposedly enforcing certain drug laws, fighting the war on drugs, etc. And here is his brother has got caught with the white powder. They had a meeting and they decided that they had to show that the law applied to them just as much as it did to other people. Even though it didn't, they turned it around into a publicity stunt. So I imagine they're going to do the same thing with Hunter. They're going to say, look, He's got to pay some kind of price for this because it's gone so big in the media to show that we're not above the law. How can we possibly be a crime family when our own son is facing a penalty for committing such and such a crime? We've been accused for years and years of being above the law. We're not, obviously. Otherwise, he would have got a pass. Wow. Well...
0: Hunter better ask Santa for some uh, pardon or something (laughs) this year, because it's going to not be the most merry of Christmases and probably into 2024. Hey, Sean, where can people find your book and support your work?
3: So Untouchable Jimmy Savile is my 17th book and it's available worldwide on Amazon. And I've written a slew of books about the Clinton and Bush crime families One's called American Made. One call is called Clinton, Bush, and CIA conspiracies. Um, Again, all my stuff, my YouTube channel, everything, my socials—it's all just under Sean Atwood, S H A U N A T T Wood.
0: Well, that's Sean Atwood, everybody. He is writing amazing books. You can find his work over there on Them Tube, where he's not maybe allowed to say everything he really wants to, but you can become a premium member. I think somewhere along the way, and then he's allowed to take the muzzle <laughs> off. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate you. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, it was a great pleasure, my friend. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. We'll be back on the other side of the break with Brad Binkley from The Propaganda Report. This is TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg.
2: You know that the ladies of The View very rarely disappoint. If you're in the market for liberal fanaticism, check them out. Last week, Sarah Haynes, she was pontificating about how, well, if you believe that birth is a miracle and God's choice, there should be limitations on you, all in support of abortion.
4: People aren't doing this lightly. Like this is not something where they're sitting around engaging in this. Only 1% of abortions occur after 20 weeks. 93% occur in the first trimester. And I tend to think when people say, well, it's God's will, it's a miracle, it's life. If it's God's will on the way in, it should be God's will on the way out too. That brings into question, are you taking heart heart attack medication? Are you treating your cancer? Are you dying when he said you should? Because if we're gonna argue about life in, let's be honest about life out.
2: So is she saying that pro-life people shouldn't seek medical help for themselves
4: Mm -hmm. don't go to the hospital if you're hurting because it was God's will well I don't like the inconsistencies and the hypocrisy when people weaponize religion
2: so if you believe that God determines who gets pregnant and that it's a miracle you have no right to medical help I told you they're out of their minds and thanks for giving me a minute I'm Steve Malsberg. catch my show Monday through Friday 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on TNT radio vision
4: when I had my heart event Close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest. At the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee, And that's when it really, really hit and Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a Widowmaker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. (laughs) Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. Today's conversation, Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk, TNT Radio, TNT Radio.
0: We are back for a final segment of The Charlie Robinson Show. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you the host of The Propaganda Report, my good friend, Brad Binkley. Brad, how are you? It's great to see you. It's good to see you too,
5: Charlie. I'm uh, congratulations on the Daily Show, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm happy to thank you very much. I'm happy to have you. Uh, propaganda has been on my mind recently. We've seen a lot going on with the shakedown of Twitter X from the groups such as Media Matters. They're trying to control the narrative. We've seen, you know, every time we get a new war that kicks off some somewhere, it's an information war first and foremost. And now we've sort of pivoted into this weird phase where we've got a war creating opinions that seem to be very unpopular inside of academia, of all places. Now, uh, academia, when, when you and I were were going through school, it seemed that that you were—that was a place where you could grow. You could maybe explore some new concepts, change your opinion about things. But in retrospect, looking at this now, uh, now I look at what's going on over, especially in the Ivy League schools. It seems like a mess. It's, it, we've got that Harvard president, uh, Dr. Gay, who may have plagiarized her thesis uh, and is getting the treatment from the media. What's your take on this situation going on in Harvard? Well, I find it interesting
5: that only now are they concerned about President Gay's possible plagiarism. I, I, before, I doubt that it mattered. I I find the whole thing to be it, it's so it's like everybody's flipped sides on it because they're they don't not applying the same principles to the situation. And, and it hasn't been a popular uh, opinion from my experiences thus far. But the outrage over the congressional hearings the other day, and I should premise this by I, I I'm no fan. Uh, Of Harvard uh, and their DEI and any of the other stuff. I think probably one of the worst things you could have on your resume at this point right now is is that you went to Harvard with the way that they have been behaving, uh, as you were saying uh, over the past uh, decade or so. But I'm listening to this hearing and the way that the Harvard president gay and, and the lady from Penn were describing or responding to questions about threatening speech is the exact same way that the FBI answers questions about whether or not threatening speech rises to the level of criminality. In order for a threat to be criminal by law, it has to be specific, has to be specifically directed at someone. And there's other prongs to that law as well. And then there's case precedent that everyone who is criticizing what she said, if it were any other specific topic, would be demanding context, which they all, how do you mock context it, context is everything, and we have media on the right mocking it because they don't like the topic of the situation. She responded in a way – I know they were asking about her policy, but she responded the way the law works. Now, I know she would never defend my free speech uh, if I were on Harvard campus or your free speech, but I feel like I have to defend – the, that the idea of free speech for them, because if we just keep switching every time we don't like the subject, then they are we're just like them. I mean, I remember when Alex Jones got kicked off. We were on WSB with with Monica. And when Alex got kicked off of X and all of the other platforms, I, I remember talking about this on the show. I said, look, you can dislike Alex and everything he says, but but you should hate even more the fact that he's being deplatformed because if, if nothing else, Alex is going to be OK. He has the resources and people are going to go to his site. It's going to be the trickle down effect on people like us. You do not have as big a show or or big an audience. And like clockwork right after that, our entire website was just wiped out and gone. And I I, I think that people need to recognize that these same standards when they are so hypocritical are going to apply to them in the future.
0: Yeah, it's, fans, about, say. it's about consistency, right? You know, it's yeah. about it's if you're if you're if you're saying we want free speech, we we believe in this, then you have to sort of believe in even the free speech that makes you feel kind of gross, you know, but because right. that's yeah. the ultimate test, right? Is that it's not, oh, it's easy to say, well, I, I'm in favor of free speech when somebody's saying something that you wholeheartedly agree with. But the minute yeah. they start yeah. to get into this and they say, well, listen, free speech also includes Alex Jones saying whatever he wants and people in on college campuses having opinions about how they feel about war. Hey, Brad, do you remember when when colleges used to be anti-war, right? And then that went away for a while and now it's come back and the media is demonizing it, right? This, this seems extremely dishonest to me. But of course, what would I expect from the mainstream corporate media, right?
5: That's what they do. They fight for the war machine regardless. And when they have the domestic issues, they can keep people bickering over that. But when it comes down to an international level, they're going to be on the same page. It, the the ism uh, term right now, anti-Semitism. And I, I feel I even feel. Stupid, haven't even premises. I have plenty of Jewish friends. I've been in a Jewish wedding and I don't like I like the fact that I feel like I have to even say that stuff is just a product of what this propagandistic media we are right now. Can I get a concrete definition of what? Uh, uh, anti-Semitism is, because just like racism or Islamophobia or anything else, if everything is anti-Semitism, nothing is anti-Semitism. There was an article in the Business Insider the other day about Trump, and they were talking about, meet Allison Greenfield, the judge's clerk in his New York fraud trial, who's driving Trump bonkers. And I'm like, okay, first pair, second paragraph, it's because of Trump's statements against her and showing the picture of her and Chuck Schumer, she has been subjected to anti-Semitic attacks. And I'm like, is she Jewish? She's a Christian. (laughs) She's actually a Christian. And they didn't click because they would have written Alison Greenfield, who's Jewish, is being subjected to that. But they didn't because when I researched it, I found she's a Christian. So now Christians right now can be subjected to anti-Semitic attacks because there is no concrete definition. This is a glittering generality. Uh, That's a a propaganda. The analysis of propaganda for 100 years has identified these glittering generalities, which are words that can be flexibly used and applied to any situation to silence free speech and and to short-circuit thinking.
0: It, it, well, I mean, I guess her name just sounded maybe Jewish enough, right? That they, right. That they were trying, trying <laughs> yes, to roll that yeah, out. Yeah. I and mean, maybe she's married to a Jewish guy. Maybe, maybe. Oh, Lord. that's But that's the media. That's what they do. That's why they are the enemy of humanity. They love to do things like this. And and listen, I think that it's worth mentioning here Today and probably tomorrow, and probably every day until everybody understands this, that the Smith Munt Modernization Act of 2012, which was passed inside of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2013 because it was so deeply unpopular it couldn't get passed on its own, legalized propaganda to be used in America on Americans. And so I would suggest, Brad, that they don't take the extraordinary leap of legalizing propaganda if they don't intend to use some propaganda, right? Absolutely, that and people look
5: at North Korea, you know, and they say, "Look at those poor North Koreans! They're so propagandized. They don't know how to use computers. They're so dumb." People seem to uh, think, and I'm like, maybe they think the same thing about us when they see videos of us, because we we are 24 seven onslaught of a war on our minds, as Alex Jones says, and it's it's not going to stop anytime soon unless people can be a little more Spock and a little less emotionally triggered by identity politics, which is toxic to everything and is what these propagandists have relied on forever, is dividing people in groups and then having the groups uh, a blanket view the other groups as the worst person in that group and everybody else is stereotype like that. People have to stop reacting to that stuff.
0: Yeah, and they've done that in warfare as well, right? They dehumanized the enemy in World War II. They painted the Japanese as as monkeys. They painted, you know, if you can make your enemy appear less human then then it's not as big of a deal if you go about exterminating them right so as part of this is is right. trying to to program into the heads of these uh of the viewer that the well yes the, yeah normally this sort of behavior would be terrible but these people are animals over here right we we can't you know you can you can do without the 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 insects or 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 the you know whatever it is that the cattle that they that they describe us as this seems like it's part of uh psychological warfare do you view the media is a component of psychological warfare for the uh,
5: government 100% well, 100%
0: <laughs> even if
5: they tell you things that are true sometimes and they they have to so what i can't remember the exact quote but is one of the last episodes i think of x-files season 1 and deep throat lies to Mulder, tricks tricks him, and he tells Mulder something like, the best way to tell a lie is sandwiched in between two truths. And I, I think that's the way we should look at media. And I think people tend to, if you hate Trump or, or you hate Hillary, y- you look at the opposite media and say, that's propaganda. I disagree with it, but that's not the propaganda targeting you as much. And, and you're not going to be fooled by somebody you already disbelieve. The ones that you need to be criticizing and scrutinizing even more than what you already disagree with are the ones that you are most likely to identify with and like i think trump is hilarious i will admit that but i also am not just going to swallow whole everything he says because i know that my tendency to think he's funny makes me more vulnerable to being propagandized by him
0: yeah yeah that's for sure that's 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 part of, of what we we've, we've done they they've they've run the 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 Dunning-Kruger effect on on all of us. And what you've got is a a very dumbed down portion of the general public being extremely boisterous and vocal about their love and support for certain candidates, not understanding that they are they're being lied to at a scale that's that's hard to imagine. I remember hearing I don't know if it was Solzhenitsyn or if it was Yuri Bezmanov talking about the the Soviet Union and Pravda. And, you know, when we in America would look at them, go, those poor Soviets, they're they're getting lied to by their daily newspaper. The thing is they, they knew they were being lied to, right? So they understood that the magazine, the magazines and newspapers that they were reading were nonsense. I think it might be even more nefarious here because the vast majority of the American public thinks that the information that they're getting on their mainstream nightly news is actually true. Is that not the, the, the most devious part of this
5: all? I think that, that I think that that's a component of it with so much information flooded onto us all the time. People just lock on to whatever satisfies their confirmation bias, and they block out to anything that causes cognitive dissonance. I also think that there's a component of it where they are kind of setting this standard of just being open about their corruption and, and their propaganda lies, conditioning people to think it's okay to use propaganda and lie if you have the moral high ground which is what I see a lot in these activism trainings. And, and I know some people who've been really kind of just consumed by it in a very bizarre way that has driven them to
0: basically join Antifa as like a 40-year-old. It's wild. It's crazy. It's a crazy time to be paying attention, but I'm glad that you're here to help us out. Brad, where's the best place for people to find you and support your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Freedom Act
5: Radio and uh, Rumble, rumble.com slash PropReport, and my website is PropagandaFight.com.
0: That's Brad Binkley, everybody. Go, go check out the Propaganda Report. You will not be sorry for that. Also, Sean Atwood in the first half of the show. Thanks to Sean. I will see you back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care, everybody.